Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in my office on a beautiful Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas. Uh, if you're anywhere near this area, this region, and you need a, a church to go to, you're not in church, you, uh, you want to come to church and you want to get back in church maybe, uh, you, this is a good place for you. You'll hear the truth of God's Word that will help you grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. All our worship services are played live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night at, uh, at the Pastor Curtis Facebook page along with the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. Uh, and, and there's other avenues through which you can watch as well. Uh, but we're just excited every Monday and Thursday morning. We're, I'm here in my office uh, 8.30 a.m. Central Time with the Romans Bible Study. We're in chapter 10. We've been here for quite a while uh, doing this. If we were to trace back to Romans chapter 1, verse 1, I really don't know how far that would be. I need to look back and see when it was we started. But you will be blessed if you desire to learn God's Word in its truth and righteous context. Your soul will catch on fire and just go into a blaze. And I tell you what, there's nothing like the Word of God because it's the only thing that brings faith to our hearts. And we live as God's people by faith. We live, walk, and move. Everything about us takes place by God's grace through our faith, our trust and dependence upon Christ and what He did at Calvary. So welcome to the broadcast this morning or whenever you may be watching it. And again, we're in Romans chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and turn to verse 13. That's where we will begin today. Good stuff in the broadcast today. Going to love this teaching. This is going to be a fabulous, fabulous teaching of God's Word today. Not because I'm doing it, but because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the truth of God's Word. Hallelujah. And when He does, it shows us the path of righteousness. It shows us God's righteousness in Christ, Proverbs 12 and 17. But before we do that, let me just boast on the Lord just a minute. We've recently, well, just last week we began, instead of mailing six expositor study Bibles to the inmates in the prison systems around the, the, this, this country, uh, we began last week mailing seven expositor study Bibles around the, the nation into different prison systems. Uh, from uh, we, we get letters from inmates. Uh, this week we will be mailing seven expositor study Bibles, one, two, three, to uh, North Central Unit Prison in Calico Rock, Arkansas, one to Clifford uh, no, one to the guest unit in Beaumont, Texas, one to uh, the Barbara Esther unit in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, one to the Wichita River Correctional Institution in Malvern, Arkansas, and one to the Goodman unit in Jasper, Texas. And we get these letters. These letters are piled up back here, and, and, and the Lord has blessed us with your help, some of you are, are sending in your donations, your offerings to the Lord to help get His Word in the prison system. And not just any Bible. Uh, you know, Bibles are good. Uh, any Bible, as long as it's the one, the, not those that have been changed by men, but 
Listen, we're sending the Expositor Study Bible into these inmates just like the ones that, that you can order online that you have. All the notes in that Bible point you to the work of Christ at Calvary. And it takes us $37 per Bible to get it into the hands of an inmate. And that's, that's including what we pay to have it shipped and everything. So uh, I encourage you. It takes us $1,000 a month. It was $1,000 every six weeks. Now it's $1,000 a month. And praise God for the opportunity and praise God for all of you who reflect His faithfulness by, by allowing Him to use you to get these Bibles into the hands of these inmates throughout the land who are requesting these Bibles. So you can help us do that by donating at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can pull out your smartphone right now and text your giving to 903-231-5950. Uh, get involved. Get involved in what God is doing in these last days. Jesus said he would say one day to folk, you didn't visit me in prison. You see, when Christ has people in prison, he considers that himself. You remember what he said to the apostle Paul when he was still Saul um, walking on the road to Damascus to persecute more Christians. Jesus showed up and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Think about that. Well, who was Saul persecuting? The church. Jesus considers himself in the church one. So when Jesus says he's got, that he's in prison, that means he's got people in prison. And the way you and I visit them is by sending them the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So help us do that. You can do that. You can be a part of what God is doing. It's a great work. It is a great work to get the word of God into the hands of inmates in the prison system. What a blessing that is. Okay, let's take off today. This is going to be good stuff. Romans chapter 10. We'll be starting in verse 13. This is part 9, by the way, of chapter 10. And uh, on this 11th day of May in 2020. And so let's dig in this morning. I've asked the Lord and I'll ask Him again right now. Uh, Father, that you would give us the wisdom. Lord, the encouragement, the edification, the strength, the grace we need today. The understanding of your word. Give us that which shines the light uh, of, of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, for us today. Help us to see Christ in a greater way in the scriptures today for you have surely told us that they are about him and we give you the praise for that today in Jesus name amen verse 13 Romans chapter 10 Paul writes to the church in Rome for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and we've covered that the name of the Lord is Jesus that's the name of the Lord Jesus he tells us that in verse 9 if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus you shall and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved so you have to you have to read chapter 10 and you have to you have to righteously divide the word you have to you have to put the word together or shall I say it a better way allow the Holy Spirit to teach you the truth of God's word so when he says here in verse 13 Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he's talking about whosoever shall call upon Jesus, the one who came and gave his life 
for us to take our sin away and to give us His righteousness so that we could be justified by God, become the children of God, and not just go to heaven, but God actually now becomes obligated to take care of us. Romans 8.32 says, how, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Because He didn't spare His only Son, but He delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him, that means our faith and trust in Christ and what He did at Calvary, give us freely all things. God didn't spare His Son. God didn't keep uh, His Son in heaven. God gave His Son because He loves us so that we could become the children of God as well. Hallelujah. So it's calling on the name of the Lord. That's calling on the name of Jesus. That means trusting in what He did at Calvary because His name is what He did at Calvary. And what He did at Calvary is His name. Jesus is Yeshua. It means Savior. It means Savior. And He did that only through the shedding of His blood, the laying His life down through an humble, obedient act unto His Father. Hallelujah. Something none of us could do. None of us could pay the price for sin. Only Jesus had life that could be offered that was without sin, that innocent, without sin sacrifice. You remember the story in the Garden of Eden? Uh, most everybody's read that far in the Bible before they uh, put it back on the shelf. But when we sinned in the Garden, in Adam, uh, God rushed into the Garden, gave them the promise of a coming Redeemer in Genesis 3.15, and then showed them how that would take place through an innocent sacrifice that they wouldn't, because they couldn't pay the price. God would have to provide an innocent sacrifice, and He did that by providing His only begotten Son, and it had to be somebody who had life without sin, because anybody who was sinful was already dead, and a dead man can't pay anything. He's, he's separate. He can't get to God. Somebody who could uh, get to God had to come pay the price for man so that everybody else could get to God. Hallelujah. So let's get into this. I don't want to miss anything today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he says, how then shall... Now this is very important. This is going to change some mindsets in the days to come about what you've thought in the past. Uh, and and this, this verse 14 is going to help you see, some of you see something you've never seen before. And I pray God reveal it to you today. He says, verse 14, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? What does that tell us? That you've got to believe on him before you can call on him. You've got to believe He is God's Son that God the Father sent to pay the price for your sins. You're hearing the gospel that God loved you so much and because you're a sinner, God still loves you. Not because you're a sinner, He loves you, but in spite of you being a sinner, God loves you so much He still gave His Son for you so that He could forgive you through His Son, your faith in His Son, for all your sins and become righteous before God, justified before God. You must believe that is true that which you're hearing called the gospel. When you believe it, 
Then the heart calls upon him. Not, not like Hollywood's portrayed it all these many centuries on television that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, well, God, if you are real and uh, if you do exist, if you are out there, no, 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 that's not faith. That's, no, 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 it don't work like that. I don't care what stories you hear. That's not what the Bible says. You can't go by what, just what people have said. I've got a Bible. I've got a Bible, hallelujah. You can't call on him if you hadn't believed on him. And you listen, you can't believe on him, on him unless you've heard about him. That's the gospel, my friend. And you can't hear about him unless there has been a preacher. And that doesn't necessarily mean you've been in a church by listening to a man stand behind a, a box called a pulpit. Listen, a preacher is somebody who simply declares, shares the word of God in the context of the gospel. That's a preacher. Now there's pastors and evangelists in the fivefold ministry you read about in Ephesians chapter 4. That's a whole different area. But a Christian is called to preach the gospel, to share the gospel with co-workers, with family members, with classmates, with those we meet in the marketplace. We're, we're called to... See, preaching is just simply declaring. And declaring doesn't mean uh, with, with a loud voice. Declaring just simply means when we tell the gospel, we tell it with an exclamation mark, not a question mark. We declare it. We share it with, 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 a confer, with, with its confirmation in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We share it in great assurance. Hallelujah. So uh, they can't, listen, they can't call on him if they've not believed in him first. And they can't believe in him if they've not heard about him. And they can't hear about him if somebody hadn't shared the message with them. Think about that. And somebody, ain't nobody shared the message with them unless they've been sent. And I know this could be used in the context of preachers, actually the fivefold being sent by the laity, the congregational folks. But it also means the Holy Spirit has to send those who are going to share the gospel. Because a lot of people are sharing that today using God's Word outside of its uh, righteous context, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, holding God's Word deceitfully, and there can't be a manifestation of the truth. I preached it yesterday uh, here at Crossway Church. Please go back and listen to the message uh, because it was really basically about how you handle Jesus is how you're going to handle the Word of God written, uh, and, and how you're handling the written Word of God is how you're handling Jesus. So it's a very good message yesterday. Please go back and listen to it. But watch this now. Let me go through this again. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that being the name of Jesus, shall be saved, not might be saved, shall be saved. And the few verses before that tell us what it means to call on Him. It means to believe the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Lord raised Him from the dead, that we have believed with the heart unto righteousness. That means the righteous work Jesus did at Calvary. Isaiah 32, 17, Isaiah 53, and many scriptures in the New Testament. Hallelujah. But watch this now. In verse 16, Paul does what he always does. He, he, he holds it in the gospel context. 
He, listen, he always brings it back to the gospel context. Even if he doesn't use the word gospel, he uses other words to bring it back to the focus of the gospel, just like he does in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When he talks about handle, I ministered it yesterday again. He, he ministered and he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that those who handle the word uh, not deceitfully, will see a manifestation of the truth. And then the next verse says, but, the, but to those who the gospel is hidden, it see, brings it back to the gospel context because all the Bible has to be viewed through the gospel context. And when you hear a preacher telling you, well, it's not quite really that radical, Yes, it is, my friend. Those are, those are people, listen, they don't mean you harm. They want to help you, uh, they think. But they're, really, there's pride and there's arrogance. Uh, they, maybe they want to be Bible scholars. Maybe they want to be known for their positions because, listen, that right there will always uh, separate them from the true move of God. Even though they may have been in a move of God, it will separate them from the move of God to come. That's, that's available today. But everything has to be seen through, believed through, and applied by the Holy Spirit through faith in the gospel. You, you need never forget that. So watch this. Verse 15, and how shall they preach, watch now, and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. That whole context here. All this believing unto righteousness, calling on the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, believing God raised him from the dead on the third day. It all, that all happens by you and I hearing the gospel of peace that brings glad tidings of good things, plural, not just an initial entrance into the kingdom and salvation, but continually hearing the gospel of peace, which allows us to continue to walk in the glad tidings of good things. And what's happened to the church over just the last several decades, and maybe way longer than that, is we heard the gospel, we believed unto righteousness, and we trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we just set out uh, in trusting in everything else after that. And that's why the church has been held in a, in a, in a place of paralyzation and, and laziness and slothfulness. And we've been bound for many, many decades. And, 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 and we, need, we need to come back to the, to the gospel. See, many scriptures, such as Romans chapter 10, have been used exclusively for initial salvation. But Romans chapter 10 is not just the way in. It's the way around in the kingdom and through this life we've been given to live here in this world that is not our kingdom. And it's the way in and it's the way through is the gospel. The power is in the gospel, not just for an entrance into the kingdom, but our lives to be coming that which is of 
the gospel, the Bible tells us, that our lives are to be that which becomes the gospel. We're to be living the gospel, sharing the gospel, having the fruit, the manifestation of the truth. 2 Corinthians 4 and 2, the manifestation of the truth, which means the character, the expression of Christ, and the word of our testimony being that of the Lamb. A lot of folk trying to live good, moral, upright lives when they're inside, their hearts are just full of sin. And, 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 and you, you listen, the word of our testimony is what we're trusting in, and that is the Lamb of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So watch this. So let's read verse 15 again because Paul does what he always does. He brings the focus back to the gospel. And I pray that God would raise up ministers more and more that would bring the focus of every message they preach and teach back to the gospel for that is the power of God. So he says, let's, let's read verse 15 again so we can roll into verses 16 and 17 which will be powerful today for those of you who have ears to hear. How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, the good news of peace, the peace that Jesus made for us through the shedding of his blood, Colossians 1.20, and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Focus gospel. Focus gospel. Think about that. When the gospel is the context, the experience is the power of the gospel. And when the experience is the power of the gospel, the expression will be the manifestation of truth, the expression of Christ who is our good news. How, let me say that again. When the word of God is found and handled in the context of the gospel, it will be there will be an inner working and experience within our hearts of the gospel. And when there is an experience in our hearts of the gospel, there will be an outer expression working out our own salvation. Working out that which the Holy Spirit is able to work into us, there will always be an expression of the power of the gospel being experienced. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think about that because we're handling God's word in the context of its power, the blood of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, that gospel of peace. Hallelujah. This is good this morning. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. So he says this, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. See, it's always been about the gospel. It's never just been about what the prophets say. It's been about the one the prophets prophesied about. <laughs> there, was, there was actual situations that took place in Israel that the prophets would prophesy concerning the natural, of course, but their prophetic words always pointed to Jesus. Even the law that was given to Moses, Galatians chapter 3 tells us that it was given, uh, that, that it would be our tutor, our schoolmaster to lead us to, to bring us to, to point us to the one that would come to justify us through his work at Calvary. Think about that. So they've not all, it's always been about the gospel. The Bible says that Abraham even believed the gospel because it's always been about the good news of what God would do through his son Jesus 
for the whole world. It's always been about that. God is ever mindful of his covenant. God never stops thinking about his covenant. When God, the reason God never stops thinking about you is because he's been able to save you and bring you into that, which, which it just, it just, takes his mind over, he never stops thinking about what he did in his son, through his son at the cross, and he did it for all humanity because he loves all of humanity. Even though they're haters of God, he loves all of humanity. I don't care how vile the sinner is, God loves all of humanity. It doesn't matter what we've done. God will forgive and deliver and bring us in and begin to change us and mold us and we will begin to be more uh, 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 greater ambassadors for Him. Think about that. So they've not all obeyed the gospel because Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? See, the prophet Isaiah is talking about his report. He's referring it to the gospel way back then. Verse 17, very important. And we've used it so far away away from what its true avenue of, of truth really is and righteous understanding really is. Watch this now. So then faith comes by hearing. Now we've heard the process of hearing right here. There's no other avenue of hearing. You've, you've got to have heard the gospel. Somebody has got to have shared the gospel or, uh, somehow, given you a Bible where you have read. See, when somebody gives you a Bible, they shared the gospel with you because the Bible, the entirety of it is in the context of the gospel. How do I know? Because Proverbs 8 and 8 says all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. And, the, and Romans 1, 16 and 17 says the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. He's the good news that, that for all of humanity, him and what he provided through his death at Calvary. Think about that. And Jesus said in John 5 and 39 that the, the scriptures are about him. He said it again in Luke 24, 44 through 46. If you're taking notes, he, he said it again in Psalms 40, 40 verse 7, in, in Hebrews 10 in verse 7. He, he, he says, the volume of the book, it's written about me. Uh, listen, the, the Bible is about Je the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when we move it away from that, then we're handling God's word deceitfully, which means in an adulterous way. Uh, so we need to remember that. So let's get into this before we run out of time this morning. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Look at the context here. It's faith that comes from hearing the gospel. And again, <coughs> not just the faith that came the first time. When, and you've heard me, those of you who follow our teaching here at Crossway Church, you've heard uh, us teach that you received the faith that came is that measure, that portion of faith you were given from the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. Write this down. Romans 12 and 3 talks about that measure of faith we've been given so that we can think soberly. Hallelujah. If we'll think according to the measure of faith that was given us, if we're still using that measure of faith in the manner through which we received it, which was 
trusting in the righteous work, believing with our heart the deepest part of who we are in the work of Christ at Calvary. Think about that. We were talking yesterday about uh, donating body parts when you died. And, and it, some people are scared to do that and all that, and I'm not pointing either way. I'm just going to make a point here that when we die, these bodies lay down. When you get your new body, it's not going to have a heart like this in it. Because the reason we have a physical heart is because it's, it keeps our blood flowing and, keep, and, we, and, and the physical life is because we have blood flowing in our bodies. But the new body is not going to live by blood. It's going to live totally by the Spirit. Spirit driven, spirit led, light living by the spirit. You're not going to have these, you're not going to need these body parts in the next life. So think about that. The heart of man is the, is the soul and spirit of man. That's really the, the, the deepest part of who you are. That's why when you believe with your heart unto righteousness, what not think about it in your head and just agree to it in your head, but when you give yourself to it, that's what believe upon means. You're relying fully. You're trusting fully in what Jesus did for you at the cross so you can be forgiven of your sins. And those who do that, they experience that. Everything becomes new to them. No, they don't become perfect and live these perfect lives, but they are striving now for that perfection that's only found in Christ. So watch this. The faith that comes is the faith that still comes. That measure of faith in operation when your faith remains in the Word of God in its gospel context, which means your faith never leaves what Jesus did at Calvary. That's what you're trusting in. I mean, you say, well, no, we're trusting in the Word of God. Listen, I'm sorry that you've not been taught this. 99% of the church has not been taught this. And it's amazing how when most of the church hears this, they think, oh, we're good. That's what we've all, that's not what they've always known. It's not what they've always heard. We've, we've pinned scriptures up on the refrigerator and hung them up and just tried to quote them and think God was going to move. No, how does the scriptures relate to Jesus? Because my faith has to remain in him and what he did at Calvary. The only way the Holy Spirit can paint, uh, uh, engrave rather, the, 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 the word of God in our hearts is is if it's the truth of God's Word, that means that which is in the person and the work of Christ, that's what He leads us in. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hear that train blowing out there. It's always loud. But faith comes by... Does faith not still come? It does. But it only comes in the same avenue. When we heard about the good news of Jesus, now that we have and we've been born again, now when we begin to trust in the gospel, we see written all throughout the word of God in all these doctrines, teachings of the truth of God's word, they all have to be dipped in the blood, so to speak. They all have to be believed through our faith in the gospel. Hallelujah! Our faith can't leave the gospel. When our trust and reliance leaves the very work of Christ at Calvary, the Word of God now is being held deceitfully and we can get up and shout hallelujah. I got a fire shut up in my bones. We can get people stirred up. But the Holy Spirit, I think it's more than Him being very limited. I don't think He can do anything at all when we're not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. And we need to remember that. So the faith that comes by hearing daily is the same faith that came initially. 
Think about that. And that measure of faith you've been given, you, and please go check these out, Romans 12, 3 and Galatians 2, 20. The measure of faith, the portion of faith we've been given is a portion of the faith of, son of, of the Son of God who what? Loved us and gave himself for us. It's been a great teaching today. Thank you for tuning in. Please share these messages and don't forget to pray for us and to support us financially. If you sow into ground where the gospel is the focus, God will bless you because that's God's focus and God supports everything that's supporting the gospel and the enemy is supporting everything that refuses to preach the gospel. So remember that. Again, you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. And thank you for those of you who are all over the country and some of you even overseas. And also on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. I'll see you Wednesday night at 640 for our worship service. Until then, God bless you. We love you. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.